This episode is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Hi! It's the final episode of the season. Season. Well, actually, penultimate because this is episode 249. Yes. And then 250 will be the second part of this episode. What's up, everyone? Thanks for joining us at the Ajima Show. I'm your host, Peter Kim. And I am Unji Kim. And we are the two Kims bringing you chaos. Here we go. It's time for Kick Ass Koreans. Kia! This is the part of the show where we shout out our favorite Korean. Um, <clears throat> our favorite Korean this week. And uh, my favorite Korean this week, a kick-ass Korean, is a San Francisco entrepreneur named Ooh. Annie Chun. Okay. And Annie Chun and her husband um, developed a, a bunch of Asian-inspired sauces. They went to the farmer's market in San Francisco, and they were like, why isn't there like places, like sauces that you can just like bottle and use? You know, um, so she she started that and she ended up selling that to CJ, a giant fucking conglomerate. So kudos to you. Wow. And now for her second venture, it's going nuts. She decided to take Kim and start packaging it. You've seen like those Kims at the markets and stuff. Uh, and like Whole Foods and shit, mm-hmm. and like sometimes Trader Joe's will carry Kim. She started a company called Kimme, G I M M E, and I know that they're selling. You know that? Yeah. That's Annie Chun's. Yeah, she's that's become a huge thing. She was like, why? She thought this is something I grew up eating all the time. You just put it over rice or whatever. You just eat it by itself. It's a salty snack. It's great. It's sustainable. It's organic. It's seaweed. You know, like she just she saw a complete hole in the marketplace. And here's the thing that makes an entrepreneur an entrepreneur, I think, is that you and me experienced Kim the same way she did. Yeah. Exactly the same way. Yes. But you and me did not have the idea. Mm -hmm. Inspiration. Inspiration to take Kim. Because we don't think of Kim as special. We think of it as like, okay, you fucking, it's on the outside of kimbap. You know, like. It's literally you what you have when you, ha- you just want to eat rice and like you put in uh, butter and the egg yolks and you mix it up. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you're lucky, a little bit of kimchi juice. Yes. You know, yeah. on those days. But on those days. Kim is very pedestrian to us. Yeah. But she took Kim and she introduced it into the niche like organic fruit fruit market she knows how to exploit the waste she knows how to exploit the waste she knows she she, and that is a gift she understands a hole in an industry and you know obviously it takes a lot of work to figure out co-packaging and distribution and blah blah like you can't just be like here's kim figure it out like she had to do all the work uh, the legwork for it, which is why she's the kick-ass Korean. But it also takes vision. It also takes like knowing there's something missing, and you can bring a very elegant solution. And, and by elegant, elegant, I mean very, oh, yeah, very okay. simple. There's not a lot of inertia behind it. This Kimmy feels like such a like 
elegant solu- entrepreneurial solution. Oh my God, she's I love living that. in Eleganza. SF. Yeah. Eleganza. Yeah. Because she's living in SF. It's an Asian um, new money market. Yes. There's white money, white um, millionaires, old and new. Yes. And, and brown people. So, like, she's realizing that there's people who are looking for um, health, quote unquote wellness and healthy snacks. And this Korean food mostly tends to be very healthy. It's like, Pickled vegetables, fresh or you know what I mean? Like it's not. That's literally what my mom. Like, oh, my mom says that every time she makes me panchan, and as she smacks yeah. her lips together, she goes, and she put, puts a bunch of like, um, you know, panchan into her mouth. She goes, "Hello, food. My mom yeah. always says that. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like we don't, we didn't think of it as health food. We just thought of it as food. Exactly. But. Our country contextually has become so out of whack with what we eat that our like peasant food has become like health like shit has paradoxically shifted. Yes. So I, I just think it's such a brilliant thing for her to take her culture and infuse it into a a, a, a financial solution. <laughs> this episode we're gonna be talking about finance. Ooh, money, money, I'm money excited. makes me horny, horny, horny. Um, and <laughs> that's a little <laughs> tease for what's about to come. But anyway, horny, I just want to give it out to Annie Chun. Yeah. Okay, so that's so funny. Peter, um, my kick-ass Korean is actually at the opposite end. <laughs> Someone that um, is... Nasty snacks. <laughs> is an artist and a DIY punk person from an era okay so his name is Taewon Yu and he is from a band called Kicking Giant um, it is from it's from the DIY scene in Olympia Washington it's the same scene from the 90s basically that gave us Nirvana and like that whole grunge scene he was a part of it mm. during that mm. era so if you can imagine like I remember when uh, with Smashing Pumpkins with like James Eha, it was like just being like, or, you know, it was like the first time you ever saw Asian people in bands, period. Like the guy from Soundgarden. Like it was all of that. There was Uh just like, there was uh an Indian guy. Like um, it was just, if you are, if you're from and of that era. It's West Coast Asian. Yeah. Yeah. And and even then they were sprinkled. It wasn't like it was a whole bunch of them. Um, But even, you know, with Smashing Pumpkins and like, that scene, seeing that's kind of when you f- um, saw some of it. It was even though we grew up also in an era of like so much R and B and hip hop, uh, and there uh-huh. were some that was dominant. Yes, yeah. But there and there were some Asian people in that context. But again, the same way, it was like very sporadic. You know, yeah. I, like truly the the most Asian um, I, I like it would have been in um, was it that uh, music video with um, Aaliyah and. Jackie Chan? No, but Jetly. Oh, Jetly. <laughs> that <laughs> was the most Asians in hip hop you've seen. Wow. There's a, I mean, that aside one from band. every single Filipino acapella group and breakdance group well, that was at course. my high school. Bruno but, Mars. Yeah. Um, what about uh, what's that band? Um, they did the, like a G six flying like a G six. Oh, e, There's, it's uh, like E six uh, mafia. G six mafia. 
Yeah, something like that. I but forgot. That's much they, there later. Was like a, that's much later. That's like in the oh, much like, yes, 2010s yes, yes, yes. or whatever. Of, of course. He's, but I've in talked, the 90s and odds, there was... Yes, there was very few. And so mm. this is... He's also from the early 90s. And then he's mm. actually from New York. He's from oh. Flushing. Like, he's from Queens. No way. Yes. And so he um, went to school and then moved to Olympia to pursue Whoa. this become a punk rock person. Like, knew the scene was kind of happening out Interesting. there. And decided to go. And it's a band called Kicking Giant. Um, if It was sort of like a fan zine, if you're of that punk era. If, you know, mm. zines were very big. Um, he was a huge part of that. And he not only did music, but he always took a lot of pictures. He did provided a lot of cover art and post mm. art for the bands of that scene. And what's interesting is that to me as an artist um, who is aging and your relationship with your own creativity changes, mm -hmm. he's done that. You know, he was like part of, I mean, honestly, sort of a seminal uh, group in that Olympia scene. Like if you were of it, you knew who King, what King Giant was. It was. He was cool. It was a, he was a part of that scene. Um, mm. And... He then, he now is a graphic artist and an illustrator and a, um, an, like a visual artist mostly, you know, in New York. But, I mean, he's just changed really. He, like, has a bunch of, like, stickers where he has, like, is an Imaginarium. He has some print stuff. But it's more that, you know, just because you don't, quote, unquote, achieve a certain level of success... You know, like of mm. like commercial <clears throat> monetary success in a real way. Yeah. You know, he was of a scene where like that didn't really matter. That's like he's true Gen X, like anti-establishment. Yeah. Like he stayed yeah. true. He was always just making art. And that was the primary thing. And just like look, goal, the goal yeah. is just to do good art. The goal is always just mm -hmm. to be able to sustain and be a creative person and figure out a way of mm -hmm. a life around it. I mean, if you started off, I think we live in a different era of and culture where, like, even young people who are wanting to become artists, they talk about brand. They talk about how to monetize almost immediately. There's so many avenues mm -hmm. to do it with Etsy, with TikTok. Money, 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 money. money. That's what I mean. It's so funny. <laughs> they were talking about it. But, like, you know, for such a different era. And, and honestly, throughout most of history, up until very recently... Mm -hmm. It's been hard and it's okay that it's hard, you know, and the goal for all artists has been to just be able to sustain and make good art and then hopefully someone recognizes it, but it's mostly primarily about sustaining the art and mm -hmm. seeing his relationship with it. And it's like also because of this like newfound interest in his work, he's always had like pop, little pops. If you just like do research on him, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, I'll have little pops of stuff. People remember his band. People remember his contributions to the poster art of that time. He's always been a working graphic artist. He continues to do all, all that stuff. And he remains interested in the world and he remains an interesting artist. Like, you know, I'm a big fan of Miranda July and Mike Mills. And it's like, you know, they don't put out a ton of stuff. They're not obsessed mm -hmm. with commoditizing themselves or their craft in that way, but they are constantly curious people. They're constantly mm -hmm. um, committed to being the best 
version of their creative selves. And it's, it comes at a cost that they're not willing to pay the price in, in order to make more money. Right. It's like yeah. it's two it's two yeah. it's two prices, right? There's like an emotional bandwidth <clears throat> thing that happens. And yeah. I just as someone that um is, you know, both of us are sort of close to that age. Being like Gen X almost versus millennial. Um oh, <laughs> Yeah, I think about that a lot. Yeah, I mean and I think personally my taste and um a lot of my sensibility about like relationship to authenticity and things like that are informed by a Gen X sensibility and Senti- sensibility. Yes. yes. I think, I think you're right. Yeah. So I, I just, and so watching him and seeing his trajectory, I was like, one, I had no idea he existed. Um, I had no idea about the band and I had no idea. Yeah. And I had no idea about the sort of, no. like, you know, I knew about the scene in Olympia and like Nirvana was a huge part of it. So it's like, that's the reason why everyone knows it. But mm-hmm. it was just cool to see that, you know, furthermore, not only to see his own relationship with his craft and his creativity change and remain just as strong, but also that he did it in a time where there was no obsession with like identity politics. There was none mm-hmm. of this acknowledgement about him being a first. You got to create an anonymity. Yes, and really do it in a vacuum yeah. without any of sort of the political bullshit. I'm sure he faced so much weird racism. I'm sure he faced so yeah. much weird microaggressions. But that never became something that he was primarily focused on. That never became. Because like, the thing is. like He couldn't be. There's no but, way. You can't focus on that and then also live in that and, world. And, and also right now, if we're being honest that is a way to commoditize it you know yeah i mean it's like the cheapest way to brand but so it was it's just interesting to watch and see someone that's like an elder oh no (laughs) shocking (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah, just like he's still doing it and remain remains interesting and curious and is still producing interesting things you know that's yes. awesome so very so cool shout out to shout out to yes. him there's a volume two of his antiquarian sticker book yes. bibliophilia I'm buy that. yeah and i want to and i want to just read his um his tweet about it he says <clears throat> on september 28th 2021 so it's been a while but he says let us examine the latest exhumations of rare and rapturous glories <laughs> Tendered with a love of words and books, tracing tendrils of reverie of paint and gliding to remind us of this world made out of dreaming. Taewon Yu, kick-ass Korean. Yeah! All right, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, we're back. We're back. Before we go any further, Anji, I'm sorry to like take this weird left, but I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the Itaewon situation. It's really upsetting. <sighs> I have so many thoughts about this. First of all, 150 people, 159 people. Yeah, last count, yeah. Confirmed, confirmed yeah. dead. And 
like the pictures of what was left on the street, like it just looks like a horror film. Yes. And you know, we've recently experienced something like this on a much smaller scale at Travis Scott's. Do you remember that Travis Scott situation? Yes. His um his concert. Travis World or Astro World or whatever the fuck. <clears throat> People got trampled. This is a very similar situation, except this was the density was way bigger and people were fainting because they were so tightly packed into this party space. Yes. It's just really sad. And I. It's it sucks. Like, why is why this seems very avoidable? Yes. I mean, there's just a lot of there. I mean, it's just maybe too soon and too raw to really like accurately assess as of right now what happened, what What's, went wrong, what happened, yeah, or like what is this an indication of outside of the fact that this was the first post quote unquote um, pandemic like maskless <clears throat> event. There are so many people living in horror, like just like in terms of density wise, period. There's also mm -hmm. this sense of like at least the young people in the world right now also have like so few in real life experiences. Mm -hmm. Experiences. They're, They're craving, craving it. it. And outside of that, I mean, it's just so fucking sad. I mean, the thing is like, you know, there I think in America, it's just because there's so much more space, like just mm -hmm. literal space. Like when you, even yeah. if you live in a dense place, like let's say New York City, there mm -hmm. are parts of a sidewalk that have green and grass and trees. That is mm -hmm. like, a that is almost, that is a luxury in Seoul. Yeah, that's a lot, a of, lot space. of space. And... Yeah. And in in New York and Manhattan in particular, it's like it's a finite it's a fucking island. So it's like not like there's can be any sort of sprawl in any sort of way. Mm -hmm. So like I think that's I think hard for people to contextualize, like at least Americans to understand there's just a lot of space here. You know, mm -hmm. there's just mm -hmm. so much room and the streets there are are very small. You know, it's mm -hmm. like if, when you've been ever been to Europe, you know, this It's just like it's like in Boston. It's like a lot of East Coast places. They're just very small. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's just so fucking sad. Like, it's just one of those things where like crowd control, the government, like we can talk about all of that. But it's just like right now, it's just feels really fucking sad. Yeah. Beyond like all the logistics of it. And how they could have just mapped out a safe way to do this. And, may and maybe they did and it was just overrun. Like, yeah, I'm not really it's sure. it's not even like it was an organized event per se. Right? It was yeah. just, it's just Halloween. It was just Halloween. You know, yeah. and everyone wanted to go to that part of the city. And it is I Itaewon and it is like the most like foreign national. Yes like type plays we did a whole episode like we did we watched all of Itaewon classic on this course, show yes, and talked yes. about it like 
So it, it is really hitting home in a way like, what is happening? And, and in our Patreons, we talked about some like attacks happening to comedians. Like, go check that out if you're in the mood for laughs. Yeah. It actually is a really funny episode. It's <laughs> We talk about like bad stuff, but like it it, 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 it is funny. But um, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that. But yeah, it seems sen- I, I can't make sense of it. Um, and maybe we don't have to. And it's ugh, it's just like you want I, I, I empathize with these kids, these young people who are just like, let me out and fucking party. Yes. This sucks living in this world. You left us nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, Gen X and boomers, you have left us absolutely garbage trash of a planet. <laughs> and now we have to like see the like, you know, the the final credits of this of humanity. So I do understand why why that's happening. Um, and, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm, like, trying to look for blame or something. It's just, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm just really, I'm sorry for all these young people to have, like, experienced and seen something like this. And, you know, th- that yeah. is honestly it. It would not make me want to go out to Halloween ever, ever again. again. Honestly. I, ever. I, I don't really like, I would give I, up I, Halloween. I don't even really like crowds right now at all because... As a, as a small no. person, it's always sort of, you know, right. it's like it can be very overwhelming because I can't really see over people. It's like I very quickly yeah. consumed, even at regular sort of crowded concerts or bars. So, yeah, yeah, I get it. Um, you better be like Nebuchadnezzar or whatever one that like guy in the tree in the Bible yes. stories where he's like trying to meet Jesus. Like you better be up <laughs> somewhere off of the ground. I, I mean, it's just it's really crazy sort of tragedy to afflict and be to to affect Korea's young people um, and progressive community. Right. Because it's. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. my uh, that's like the worst part. If it happened in some like random like college or whatever, it, it would be bad, too. But it's just like Itaewon has seems is like the most like progressive, forward thinking, diverse, uh, uh, like non xenophobic place. Like it's welcome to all types of nationalities, blah, blah. blah. And for that place to for for people to be able to look back and be like. See what happens when progressives get too crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I fear that kind of turn happening. And yeah, yeah. We're, we're, it's the the Sodom and Gomorrahing of this. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's just sad. which they people do. They'll take anything and fucking. Of course, answer, but. but it is it just it's a horrible situation. <sighs> I mean, it's just fucking horrible. And I think personally, at least from what I've been reading. I don't think that there's a moment or a thing that we can really point to. It just really fucking sucks. And, you know, it just fucking sucks. That that's It, it happens in a lot of other countries, like not to this degree, not to this level. Um, but it does, it's, it's like something that is a reality in other parts of the world. Like, you know, I was realizing, like, you know, whenever Michael Jackson would go to a tour, like people, this would happen. People yeah. would like go it, fainting yes, and, shit. and then yeah. get trampled and yeah. and die. But yeah, I mean, wow. I mean, like it, it's just it's just one of those. Um, yeah, you know, I'm looking at these pictures and this looks like you know when Chicago in Wrigleyville yes. when like we that we would win the thing and people would like flood the streets and like this looks very yes. bad. 
And, you know, I I was panicked then. I'm panicked for these people now. And it's, let's just be smarter. Let's be, let's, we could, I understand young people, you need to get out there and fucking shake that ass and do that thing. And, you know, you're a monkey pox to vax the fuck up and you're trying to do your thing. I'm here for it. But, like, let's be a little, let's be a tad more conservative for our safety. Right where we have, can we where we need to be conservative is our health and safety maybe, and, and this is such a tragic like, really like stupid way to die honestly like just by being outside and partying like I would be a ghost like hunting people at this point. It's just oh you go you know like. <laughs> I mean I think that it's honestly, I you know, there's this um. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just one of those things. It's like the same thing with anything else. Like, there's been um, tragedies here in Chicago, like you know, with fires and like porch that de- like collapsing, and it's just one of those things where you know, I think <coughs> we hope there are lessons, but I I don't know if there like I mean I don't know if this is the godless part of me. I'm like I don't know if there are any real. It's just like it just this fucking sucked, and it was just like you know the infrastructure. Maybe and who knows it's, what'll come out yeah. in the next coming days. But it's, I I, I find yeah. it. I don't know. I don't know. But this is just fucking horrible, and I'm so sorry. It's horrible. Yeah. I'm I'm really like, I'm hurting for those moms who lo- lost kids. Yeah. You know it's it's really tragic. It's really fucked up because it's happening and on TikTok right now. There are so many um, people that were there that are like posting. And Ugh. like, like it's just a, tra- a trauma, and it's like, and, and I'm just so sorry. Yeah, I don't think I could watch that. Yeah. All right, um, our hearts go out to them, and I, I was googling like if there is a Itaewon fund, something we could help with, like any families that need help or something monetarily. I can't find anything Korean yet. People but, are not um, doing that. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? The shame. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like all those those kids on that uh, fucking ferry. I mean, like no one's asking. Yeah. Oh no yeah. Oh my money. god. Oh my god. That yeah, ferry. No one's, no one's asking <sighs> for money. No one's no one's doing that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. This is yeah, a, this right. is a. I know. Can't trust me. That can't trust me. That. What are you talking about? You're talking to this. That's like that. You're showing you're American here. You're showing you're American. Yes, exactly. Because truly, like as someone who has. Uh, who has also undergone and seen the way that the GoFundMe has really changed over the years? You know, like a twenty twelve uh-huh. a twenty twelve GoFundMe was asking for a web series. Um, a twenty twenty yes. uh, twenty eighteen GoFundMe. Um, I one of my friends who decided to join the rock and roll circus and like literally abandon his life in America was asking like for four hundred <laughs> four thousand dollars to buy a MacBook. <laughs> When was this? 2018? This is pre-panty? This is pre-panty. Maybe pre-pandemic. 2017 or something like delusions. that. 2017, yeah. He was like, wow. can you get me a MacBook? Bold. Asking Bold. for $3,000. Made seven, <laughs> made 500 Okay, so um, that's, a, that, that, that's a different era of GoFundMe. And now GoFundMe is, and you know this, Peter, GoFundMe is now exclusively for emergency medical needs. So, like, it's like I don't think yeah. so. It's yeah, crazy. That, that's it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that is our new medical... Uh, system. That's like. <laughs> well, that's why I thought we could help yeah. them out. Because, that's what you I mean. Know, You're I'm showing sure. you're American. Yeah. 
no one's asking for money like that in Korea. Yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, lots to talk about. Um, well, first, before we go into something that um, I want to really like sink our teeth into, I want to ask you about your pregnancy. How's everything going? Peter, I am. Your life as an artist, <laughs> fully ass pregnant. I mean, I am truly upsettingly pregnant. Like, this is upsetting. Like, yeah. I went to a restaurant recently, and like a young man looked at me with his like he. I was I was according to this young man, this twenty three year old man at mm-hmm. this very trendy uh, Italian place. I was jaw droppingly mm-hmm. pregnant. Like his jaw dropped. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Whoa, Whoa! That's literally that's literally what came across. he could not believe i was outside and i i i, I, wow. I met and kept his gaze and was like me neither like i can't believe <laughs> what the fuck am i doing but i have to be out of the house <laughs> are you are you feeling fine or are you know, just I'm like so feeling uncomfortable i'm like i'm so pregnant uncomfortable. i'm so pre- i'm like She's moving things I, around. I, it's, it's truly, I am too pregnant. I need to, I'm entering the phase where like clearly I, I literally do not want to leave the house. Um, I'm upsetting small children and men. Like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, a, yeah. I'm at that. Young men. Young men. I'm a, approaching that yeah. phase. Our futures. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's truly, I am upsettingly pregnant. Like I, I have a hut. I've, I've readied my birthing hut. I'm ready to enter. Like I am, I'm ready. Yeah. Hold, hold on to yes. the straps and fucking bush, push out of that bush. I do you okay? So let me let me ask you this: You're about to go into a schedule yes. C. What in two weeks? Two how many weeks? weeks? Two weeks. <gasps> yeah, two and a half weeks. Yeah. Unji, okay. First of all, you're so brave. I cannot believe you're doing this. There is something inside of you right now, and you're getting it cut out. Yes, can't wait. This is so can't wait. You're so excited. I mean, I do like the calm um, before the storm. Like, really, like I have not mm-hmm. mentally prepared for this in any sort of way. But it is. What about physically? Are you like grooming down there because they're gonna see you? Or are you just letting it fly? What's the? How do you prepare for people to see your whole entire body? I mean, I can't. What am I? I can't. I haven't seen my bush since. <laughs> July. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, grooming. What are you talking? This would require a third yeah. party. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm imagining like going to like a Brazilian wax or a threader or yeah, something. Yeah, I guess. I mean, if I cared about it, if I was like, oh, if I was a yeah, respectful yeah. person that was like, oh, these doctors, are gonna, of course, I, but yeah. I'm not, and I don't care. You're not. You're, not, yeah, you're letting it go. I'm letting it go. You're letting it I'm letting flow. it go. Okay. I'm, letting, I'm right. letting go and I'm letting God. And so, um, yeah, what are you talking Wonderful. about? Me taking care. I can barely wash myself everywhere. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, 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 there, these yeah. people are going to yeah. be lucky. You're not taking, a, you're not taking like tiny scissors and trimming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not unless I'm cutting this baby out. Like, I am. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> like these people, these actors are going to be lucky to be presented with a clean asshole. Okay, like I don't. Okay. Yeah. No, no. So you're okay. No, no. You're at least planning yeah. that. That's great. Good to know. <laughs> I mean, truly, like I, I am. I, I don't know if other like I understand this, um, this you know sort of like 
thing in the culture about how the second child, like you just don't care. And it is 100% true. You're just like, you're cocky I'm, from the first. Been there, yes, done that. You're yeah. cocky from, it's like you pass the, it's like when you <clears throat> pass the test for the first time, you're like taking the exact same test. But you don't realize that this, this, this second time you take this test, the questions are all very different. And it's <laughs> in Chinese. Chinese. <laughs> but you somehow you have the confidence of having passed the first time. <laughs> You're like, fuck it, I'll figure exactly. it out. It's like, I, yeah, because you barely study for the first test and you've pad. You got a C plus. It's literally the way. You're I, like, I could do at least yes. that. This, it's literally um, how I approach the ACT is how I'm approaching this child. This child. Okay. You know what great. I mean? I love I did it. well. I did yeah. well on the ACT. Confident. I, but Confident. I did not prepare for this ACT. I studied so many no. years for the SAT. I think I, 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 I did I did a practice test for the ACT. I don't know. I don't. I, I remember I was surprised by the science section of the ACT of the because I had never taken a oh. practice test. I didn't even look at it. Wow. I didn't even know there That's was a science portion. That's what I mean. Portion. Me neither until I took it. That feels... That feels... That's not That's fair. What I mean. The SAT doesn't have science. So what? How did you do on the ACT? Incredible. Uh, what's the max score? I never took that. Uh, the top score is a thirty-six. And you got a thirty-three. One. Whoa, that's, that's pretty good. I did. I did great. Yeah. Okay. But, but I mean, yeah. I'm just saying, I was not prepared. It was. It was all like it was. Sounds like you didn't need to be. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it's one of those things where like, I, I, but I understand why people get like treat a second so much differently because you do, you have this, like, you're already taking care of like there, all the new parts of it, you're still experiencing mm. with your first, you know, like, uh, cause there's okay. all this new stuff and anything <clears throat> I will have with this child, I've already experienced with him. Yeah. Yeah. So this child could never, yeah. is what you're saying. So like. Yeah. I mean, like, truly, like, it's, it's wild. Coming in second is wild. And you don't even, you can't even empathize with her because you're like, I was an only exactly. child. Yeah. So you're like, oh, I don't know what it's like to have an older brother. Good, Good luck. luck. I mean. <laughs> Hopefully I did okay on him so that he treats you well. I mean, that's really, I, my my husband is. It's kind of a waterfall parenting. <laughs> this is the true trickle down economics. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, 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 my, my husband is really very, very good with it because he's, he's a good older brother, incredibly kind. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's strange because my husband is a very kind older brother to his younger brother. Like, um, how does he do it? I don't know. I'm just wondering. It's, he's just so much I, patience. I need to figure he has it out. So much patience. I wonder how. I just. I, me too. Because I'm like the way that you speak to women, though. You're not translating. <coughs> this is not translating. Because <laughs> if you listen to the way. Well, you know, we all have a shadow yeah. side. <laughs> it's true. We have a sun sign, moon sign, honey. He, yeah. He is so patient to his younger brother. Like. There's all these stories about him. That is crazy to me. Always How including do... his younger brother. Like when he brought over a friend to play and the friend would play with him, he would like drag this like blob of a baby, like this like, you know, not mm. even one year old child and like place him in mm. like a thing. And we're like, we'll just pretend that he's this person and like include him. Wow. Wow. Do you know what I mean? How kind is that? Incredible. Kind. That's really For, like, kind. For like a seven year old to have that. I, I don't, I'm like trying to f- like put myself in that position of 
me being seven and trying to bring my brother along. I don't even think that's something I would have attempted. That's what I mean. I think I was too busy trying to figure out how to ditch him. That is the more normal response. <laughs> that's the normal response. Like this fucking responsibility. I'm out of yes, here. That's a normal response. I can't look cool in front of kids. Everyone's going to think I'm yeah. gay. <laughs> hey, I have a younger brother with me. Ew, faggot. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's what I was most concerned that's, about. Because that's the gayest th- thing that you could have done. <laughs> that's the gayest thing is that I, I, I'm responsible. Ugh. I mean, he just, I think it's just an attitude. Like he just, he really liked being an older brother and he's very patient with his. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's kind of. He clearly gets a lot out of it. He, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's not like his younger brother like <clears throat> adores him or like is incredibly grateful. It's not like that. that's not it at all. It's mm. just. He was just very kind. I mean, I once asked his younger brother, I was like, don't you, like, you do realize it's very unusual that your older brother never bullied you, was never unkind. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, he does. He's like, it is very weird. Like, especially given the age difference, it's five yeah. years. So it's like kind of perfect where you could have always told him to get out of. Always ditched. And he yeah, never did. Exactly. Was always including. Wow. Was always very kind. Wow. Yeah, taught, taught him a lot of stuff. And it's like. It's a level of consideration and kindness that, like, is sort of bizarre. And it's not... The only thing troubling is that your son is nothing Nothing like like your father. father. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we got got, got, Uh, fingers crossed, baby. So, yeah, fingers fingers crossed. crossed. I am. It's going to be great. I'm so fucking pregnant, but... I do see this. Did you figure out where she's going? We did figure it out. I have a thing. It's full. Where is she going? Inside of my, our bedroom. We figured out like a, a like a kind of like a, a, a mid situation. Um, when, you know, when she needs to move in like three months. So we have. We, I, so she's going to be in like a bassinet in yes. your room. And then after that. And then when she has to go. Then there will be another room that will be set up and we'll fix. And he's moving. Uh, my husband is moving his office into the bit garden unit. Uh, oh, okay. So we are, we are going to start this. So she's taking the office. Yes. But this is the thing. Okay. Um, we are going to try to start moving. Oh, uh, this, this what I mean. is perfect I'm happy segue. about that. I'm happy yeah. about this. I'm happy about this. Okay, tell so me about that. So, did you look? Are We're you looking? The process. We are. What are the top three neighborhoods? Um, Bowmanville, Ravenswood Manor, Budlong. Love Ravenswood Manor. Yes. Great water. A great uh, a river running yes, through it's it. Really it's really beautiful. beautiful. It's yeah. that's the sort of area we would love. Um, it is much more suburban. It's much more quiet. It's not at all sort of the hubbub of the city that we currently live in which is but still close enough with access to exactly, city limits exactly. and it's all yes, the stuff yes it's, it's beautiful. beautiful it's beautiful so that kind of feeds right into talk about money um we're, let's we're, go it's it's, it's let's rough. get into it's rough, it it's intense and um no one is as rich as uh they thought they were and it uh it's <laughs> <laughs> Now you say that as if you're talking about someone, or you're talking about yourself. I'm talking about. I'm talking about my husband. He the whole, the whole family. family. I thought I had different. I had 
uh, goals. I had aspirations. I had dreams. Dreams. And I'm realizing that they uh, are exactly that. They're dreams. They're aspirations. And they're they are no longer goals. So... You know, it's a wait. Back that up for me. What do you mean? Like the your dream of a type of house yes. or a neighborhood yes, or all of it. Type of okay, house. Okay. Level of. <clears throat> so you were overestimating what you could possibly achieve. Yes, I mean, and if I'm being honest, I always knew. But it's like it's one of those things where, like, you know. <sighs> You know, when we talk about emotional skinny jeans a couple of episodes back, like there's this idea where mm-hmm. you're like, if I reach for this, I will figure out a way mm-hmm. to afford it. To, to get, get it. it. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. like, and that is such a, and we talked about it um, in the Patreon and kind of talk. It's like, it's a very fucked up way that we've learned to um, expect success and from ourselves. And it's like, it's this mm. way that we uh, learned how to achieve value, value ourselves. ourselves. It's like all in these like external mm. matters of success, external measures yes. of things. And it's not even, <clears throat> correct. and it's like, and it's something that you build up in your own mind. It's a number, it's this thing, it's very clear. A prison we hold, yes. And it's like, and it's totally like, it, and it doesn't really have anything to do with how happy you are, how nice a house actually is, or what a home should actually be, right? It's just mm-hmm. this like mm-hmm. number in your head, the way you want things to look. And it's a way for you to feel unhappy. Yes. Yes. Correct. So yes. we are getting into that territory with this and to and this past weekend. Oh, this is yummy. This is exactly what happened to me and Eric this week. So like I'm ready to get I mean into truly this. like and so you know, I, we were having one of those kind of like adult conversations where, you know, everyone. Oh, I love those. Yes, we're, like, we're just ha- we're like crunching numbers. Was it? Crunching numbers. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I got so excited. I dropped my chips. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, keep going. But keep we going. were having one of those adult conversations where like, you know, where you're kind of like uh, napkinning your life with like some uh-huh, figures, uh-huh. rough figures. Yes. Okay. Was there a whiteboard involved? Uh, no, there was just a, there was just a, a, a notebook and a calculator out and uh, you know a mortgage lender sort of thing up and and you know just being realistic about things and no one's getting worked up. Everyone, you know, you know you're ready to have these conversations when no one is being outrageous and upset, right? It's like a yes. calm and every everyone's chill, chill. and you're a calm regular person and i had to step away from the conversation because i wasn't ready to face the fact that i was just getting um sad and warning something that i'm like girl you this was never gonna happen like if it was pushed what was it can you tell us i wanted a big house i want a big beautiful fucking house that I, we cannot and we're never gonna afford you know, and there was just this version of myself where it's like, it's the same thing that, like, when you tell yourself, like, oh, I'm going to buy a this size piece of clothing, even though you've never fit mm-hmm. into that piece of clothing, and you were never going to fucking try to fit into that piece of clothing. That's not, <laughs> like, you yeah. know what I mean? It doesn't even, uh-huh, the, uh-huh. the version of yourself that fits into that piece of clothing doesn't even have anything to do with you. It hasn't had anything to do with you for years. She died in 06. I mean. She's already, she's, yeah. she's. 
been dead. And you already grieved her. And why are you even talking about this article of clothing again? And it was mm-hmm. like, and I think it was just like the reality of like, oh, right, we're really going to try to buy this place and we're really going to do this. This is what it looks like. And that was it. That was it. So you had an actual place in mind or do you had it was like a just a kind of general idea of what you wanted shifted? It was it was a specific amount of uh, amount, like the kind of house house, the kind of house you buy. could buy. And that was what gotcha. that was what killed me. I was like, this is the thing. And it was like. And now you have to live in a dumpster. <laughs> No, it's like a slightly more reasonable place, right? As opposed to pushing mm-hmm. and creating stress and like living in a house that you can barely afford, living in a place be house, be house poor, yeah, and like or even <clears throat> not even that, but just like be in a place where it's like, why is this so important to you that you have to create more stress in your life mm-hmm. with two people that do mm-hmm. not do not have a steady income, do not have a job, but rather make their own money literally make mm. your own money right and so mm. as opposed to anticipating the, everything in your life going incredible and only the best happening to you anticipating that this might be where you guys are at and you know uh, yeah. wait i don't know what the difference why it has to be why does it have to be either or? Can't one still be an aspiration? And can't you still aspire and also be um, honest about where you are currently? Yes, but... You know, you can't start off like one... Like, how about this? Like, you can't start off wanting a one point whatever, like, million dollar <laughs> house... And because the thing is, like, the creep of a house search is that you will start to, that number will start to go up already. Or being able to Mm -hmm. barely afford or having this thing where, like, a a monthly mortgage nut is, like, going to stress you out. Or it's going to require Mm -hmm. you to change your and modify your lifestyle in drastic ways Mm -hmm. because you want to live in this house and achieve a success that, like, in your mind you deserve versus mm, being realistic mm. and having like, oh, we're going to continue to save. We'll have the relative level of, you know, monetary, like our, our budget will stay the same. Our lifestyle will stay mm-hmm. relatively the same. We'll just live in a different house. It's going to be slightly nicer. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I, like that, that difference is really dramatic. It's on. Right. If you, if you were assuming you could achieve both uh, you could achieve that yes. now and then you realize oh we can't or to put that pressure oh. on yourself like to be like we are going to be able to it's like we could afford it but it would cause so much stress it would be so yeah. intense it would be mean that yeah. you would have change your lifestyle or everything needs to go incredible for our lives for the next three years yeah. like everything needs to go our right. way and, it, and I say that because... You're saying it's like just out of it's, reach. And it's just out of reach in a way where it's like... That's, that's painful. painful. But it's also... Yeah. It's not just out of... It's like actually really out of reach. Because if you're being honest about it, like the both of us are people that make our own money. By which I mean that mm-hmm. we do not have someone that pay paying us. you. 
Mm-hmm. So that reality alongside of the fact that like the global economy, what it really looks like along mm-hmm. with interest rates and all this stuff, it's like, why are you going to do that? Why? You yeah. know what I mean? Like there's already so much uncertainty that that is so much stress. And it's like, you know, that's, you know, you and I both grew up with so much uncertainty around money. Mm-hmm. So, so much. much. I, I That's my trigger. Yes. So wouldn't you rather know that you can make your mortgage for like a year if everything in your life went wrong versus everything in your life going right? Yeah, 100%. And that's like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not the type of person because of uncertainty to overreach. I'm someone because there was uncertainty, I will always overreach. Why? Because you didn't learn from your parents' mistakes, because I, I, or you think I think that anything is possible. You can do it different because every because there's no certainty, right? There's like anything is possible, and I, I just have to. That is true. Every anything is possible because I've only seen the negative happen. Are you possible to do anything? Yes, and I just I, I, and there's like so much um, a, a deep compulsion in me to like. To like be rich, like to act and be rich. There is like a deep part of me that's just like it has. It is so much tied to. It's part of your identity yes, to be and achieve that and and yeah and perform it in a way that it actually mm-hmm. brings me at very little joy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it doesn't actually make me feel better, but it's like. I it's because of the uncertainty of everything like because I never got to do this because we I mean mm. I never lived in you're like over you're overdoing yes. it now because I never had yeah. a house you're trying to make never up had a house. you're trying to make up Same. I never had a house I never owned yeah. shit I never even like to be able to, a kitchen with an island is like fucking you know what I mean hello, hello. I mean a, a dream. dream the things I would do on that <laughs> island <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's so overpowering. Mostly eat. But it's like, it's like a deep part yeah. of my anxiety. You're trying to, uh, do you, can I posit yeah, something? Yeah. Do you think that this deep kind of like anxiety slash wish fulfillment yeah. is you finally getting revenge? <laughs> I just <laughs> maybe maybe I think so I think so because I think that's it for me I don't know if it's like I I was I was pondering why I have yeah. this drive this need that we yes. talk about and Eric doesn't yeah Max doesn't either and Max is not either <clears throat> I mean, I think it's also notable that we both it's, chose people that don't. Who don't. Yes. And I think I needed someone like that to ground so me. Otherwise, we'd be insane. Or else, insane. if it was me, yeah. me, we'll be in yes. jail. 100%. Already. Okay. 100%. Yeah. So I, you and I are smart enough to know we need grounders. Yes. And 
I've been, I, I think about sometimes like maybe this is a way that I am trying to heal myself from the trauma of being poor and an immigrant in New York and, you know, the latchkey kid, that whole thing yeah. we were talking about in our other podcast, um, the, the earlier Patreon stuff. It, it, it feels like that part of me s- still feels like ogure. Yeah. You know? And I'm like scorned For still sure. from that from that time. And as much as I've grown and am not that person anymore, I would be lying if I said there was an there's there's not a part of me that is like seeking vengeance for having a hard life. And also having the like, wherewithal to I think to I would be because it'd be one thing, you know what I mean? It'd be one thing if you were poor and you just like didn't know any better and you didn't have any imagination yeah, and you were fine there. But it's like we had that. How do you, yeah, square yes. that now? Because like. I, you've seen too much. You've tasted too much. You've, how do you do this now? You know, it's like, it's, and being able to, and being such an, being so into, um, books and movies and stuff like that and seeing so much and like mm-hmm. being into the arts and you see this other version of mm-hmm. life of people being comfortable mm-hmm. a fantasy cardigans college mm-hmm. you know what i mean like <laughs> cable <yeah>, net like <laughs> and like and the thing is and you see what everything costs people that grow up with that kind of affluence or that relationship to money and um that kind of relationship to money and uh education they don't tabulate everything like that no it's normal. it's normalized they don't they have it already they already own the cableness they mm-hmm. don't need to buy new they, they already no. have that's that's for us to lust yeah. over. That's the capitalism. That's the that's the poison that we're trying to fight. <sighs> right now, we're gonna take a break, and um, for you guys, this is the uh, two forty nine episode, and we'll be back with episode two fifty. Audio on the French. 